Today's episode is all about porters. It's time to talk about those guys who help you carry stuff and check you in on train rides. We'll talk about how they get hired. How... Wait, being handed a note. Sorry, wrong sort of porter. Today's all about the dark beer. That makes more sense. And it's much tastier. We'll talk all things porter today. Tastes, history, and styles. It's our second walk on the dark side, and it's so good. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. Who is back after a voiceless <laughs> uh, couple weeks time ago. in the wilderness. Yes, the yes. I uh, have voice, my yeah. voice back. Uh, thank you again to Casey Price for filling in the last second. Gave, gave you a lot of time to play Fallout, I'm betting. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I've been in the wasteland <laughs> for the past week, uh, took some time off of work, and just lived in front of the computer. But no, the last episode, the day before, we were playing D&D, and my voice was starting to get kind of scratchy, didn't know what it was exactly, tried gargling scotch, didn't really turn out that well, and then woke Should've up the worked. next day and I could not make a sound. It should have worked is all I'm saying. In theory, it should have, yes. Whiskey cures everything. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Those are lies. That's 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 propaganda. I won't I won't allow it. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, um, I think we'll just move right into news. Yeah, the rest of us are pretty boring. <laughs> All right. First story is not a good one to hear. Then let's just move on. Go to a better story. <laughs> no, it's not a good one to hear, but it is one we need to hear about. Apparently, AB InBev has sucked up another craft brewer. They bought Breckenridge Brewery. Ooh. No. No. What am I putting in my mouth? <laughs> no, um, it's not finalized yet. It won't be until the first quarter of this year, which as of recording now, we're going into the first quarter. But uh, the article says Anheuser-Busch InBev has confirmed that an agreement has been reached in principle to acquire Littleton, Colorado-based Breckenridge Brewery. The deal would include the Breckenridge brand, brewing facilities, and tap rooms, but not its other existing properties operating under the Breckenridge Wine Coop Restaurant Group. Wine Coop, I believe. The current management group, Breckenridge Wincoop, will continue to own and operate its remaining businesses, including Ale House at Amato's in Denver, Breckenridge Ale House in Grand Junction, Breckenridge Colorado Craft in Denver, 
the Cherry Cricket in Denver, Mainline in Fort Collins, Phantom Canyon Brewing Company in Colorado Springs, and Wincoop Brewing Company in Denver. Hmm. So what it seems like is ABM Bev stepped in and basically bought the name and their main brewing facilities. I mean, I assume that probably also comes with the, the regular recipes to make it. Oh, yeah, they'll have access to it all. Yeah. But... <laughs> it's not like they made, they bought they brought Breckenridge and then just went, yeah, no, we're just going to keep making Bud Light and just putting it with a new label. <laughs> yeah. God, that, that's a nightmare. That would be a travesty. Yeah. <laughs> no, so far, a lot of these breweries that are being bought up by AB InBev have not changed. Like, things really haven't changed. It's really the same people making the beer the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I just mean, the you know, why buy are, them? Why buy them otherwise? I mean... Yeah, the profits right. are just going elsewhere. And yeah. the article... There are two articles about this. Uh, we'll link you the main one, which has the best information. And a photocopy, or it's just a picture of the letter announcing the buyout from the president of Breckenridge. This, the letter just says, this is a lot of money, guys. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you don't understand how much money this is. No, money was apparently one of the issues. Uh, there's another article that was just titled, Breckenridge Brewery President, I Had to Sell. And in it, he talks about how uh, he has financial backers. Breckenridge has always had uh, backers. And um, they didn't want anything to do with a company as big as Breckenridge has become. So, And they were going to back out. And Breckenridge just built a massive expansion that's going to literally double their barrelage. Like they are going to double what they can put out. Uh, okay and it's set to open that new brewery that new facility is set to open this month like they're going to start making beer there and suddenly his primary backers walk away all right so again i i'm i'm not an economist i don't i don't understand buying and sellings of things that's fine but why would you back away from a thing getting bigger? Would they want more of a commitment from them? Or I don't know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there's nothing on there. Know. They may have been afraid of the you know the larger sums of money that are going to be involved yeah. because you know I guess they were the ones putting all the money up front for them to buy all their malts and supplies and all that stuff, and then would slowly over the year get their money back. And they were just with the opening of the new facility, they were they may have just been too afraid to put that kind of capital up. But so if you look at it that way, ABM Bev is more almost a hero because they step in and keep this brand that a lot of us really do love and enjoy around when they probably would have just collapsed. I'm still I'm still pretty mad at at ABM Bev from last from last time. So it's it's, this is doing maybe a little bit when you word it that way. It's like, oh, maybe they're not all bad. And I think about about other things they do, and I'm just like... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying they're not all bad. <laughs> Don't get me they're wrong. Still... They're just... They were being completely... Thinking about the money. They're like, oh, no. Breckenridge has... Oh, how much? They're ranked, what, fifth on craft brewers in size? Like, yeah, let, let's bring those numbers into our numbers. At the mm-hmm. rate uh, at the rate that they are going, just consolidating brewing companies, I, I just feel like at a certain point, like they'll have so many by the time it's time for their their deal with Saab Miller to come up, they just look at him and go, yeah, no, no, you'll, you will then have all the beer. Someone could walk into a restaurant and say, I want a beer, and it's going to be yours. Yeah. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in on our show notes if you go to the website haveadrinkshow.com on this episode's page. There's a pretty great picture, um, kind of infographic like that they posted on one of these articles that shows basically craft breweries acquired by Anheuser Busch slash you know AB Inmiv. Um, so they've actually two, three, four, five, six. They've bought seven so far. And yeah. Breckenridge is, is, you know, one of the newest ones on there. Um, <laughs> they need a few more states and they can make a line across the country. <laughs> yeah, they could. <laughs> they could um, go from sea to shining sea. But what y'all, uh, they're, getting, they're getting ready to double that, though, is what you have to keep in mind. Like, they, Breckenridge is at a, they were at the point with this new facility where they were going to double their size. And then, I mean, it's suddenly, they're going to blow up. They're going to be available in twice the amount of states they were before, probably. It's going to, it's going to be a national brand now. Uh, yeah. I, part of me is just kind of kind of sad, because, like, I mean, I already get Breckenridge, and, and I love a lot of their beer. Yeah, no, and they have really good, their Christmas is pretty good. Their Christmas yeah, ale. I know, I know, nothing will change about that, but, you know, I'm afraid. <laughs> we're all afraid i'm i'm, I'm a, I'm a feared I'm, I'm powerfully a feared <laughs> well and it's like the stuff that we said before it you don't something about people who really love craft beer or even beer that even if they sell too much to be considered craft you know what i mean like that kind of homegrown style you don't want to end up giving money to anheuser-busch at the end of it you know what i mean so it's it's kind mm-hmm. of like no i don't want to support that that whole essentially the walmart of beer <laughs> yeah so i mean think of the savings from the walmart of beer um <laughs> but i mean that's the you know the, the whole like putting other people out of bit like smaller guys out of business that's yeah. kind of what's up you know yeah there yeah. there are going to be some side effects to the positive on this where i know last week you all were talking about how um abm bev is working with distributors and offering them the incentives to only sell right, AB right. InBev beers from these distributors, Breckenridge will now be included under the umbrella of AB InBev. So they are not going to be pushed off of the shelves. and Which is an upside. Like, you are going that, to see them probably more. That is an upside. Uh, the, they and, um, you know, Goose well, Island. I, I haven't heard of every single brewer, brewer on this list who they've bought out at this point, and, but, you know. I, I hadn't realized it, but since the Goose Island being bought which i don't even think it's like quite finalized yet is it or is it oh, that, oh yeah no, that was finalized yeah, yeah that's that okay i couldn't remember if they had like you know dotted all the t's and yeah. signed all the crossed all the i's or however that goes <laughs> yeah yeah because that was um, in 2011 it says oh okay yeah well, it, anyway, it feels like it's uh, just like yesterday <laughs> but I just I've, i i just the number of places where i would never have seen like goose island like even advertising or popping up i'm seeing more of it so i mean that, right. that, i guess that's good but yeah and with goose island i mean it's not really killing you got to look at uh they're still doing the things they used to do uh mm-hmm. releasing the uh the specialty uh, stuff the yeah. specialty like the bottles that they i'm not gonna say require but suggest you age yourself you keep aging it the like bourbon barrel release that came out on black friday like they they suggest like that's a special that's like a huge to do you're supposed to age it for like another five years suggested in the bottle man just walking into a grocery store just picking up beer ah oh, man i can't wait to throw you into a cellar 
he literally said something like that earlier, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard in, in a, like in a while. He's like, well, I can't wait to get that one in the closet. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's trapped in the closet. Because <laughs> we have a we, closet. We're keeping them in our closet, yeah. As a cellar, because it stays cool in there. So I've started cellaring beer in there. Funny. That's some delayed gratification right there. I, my, my hat's off to you. Hey, it's an investment in a good future drunk. <laughs> he has more patience than I do. But uh, yeah, the AB InBev purchasing Breckenridge, it's... I mean, every episode we talk about this. They are the Galactic Empire floating around <laughs> the grocery store blowing up craft I'm brewers. Just- I'm just saying, they have an exhaust port that's open. We can take a small team and drop some proton torpedoes down in there. Right. I mean, they always have a way to do that. Proton. Not proton. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't, wrong franchise. Don't Jeez. don't take my notepad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been drinking. But yeah, take it. I mean, you can look into it, and you can look at that story however you want, but there are positives and there are negatives. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to another one that I don't see any positives coming out of this. It's just odd. Yeah, it's okay, coming... Again, let's just skip it. Let's move on to happy stories. <laughs> Only happy no, times. This is a story from August. It, I just came across it. It's from thebeerspy.com, and they're titling it, German Government Sours on Milk Stout Bans the Beer Style. Okay, that, that, that seems ridiculous. Why would they ban an entire style? I mean, they're <laughs> well, Germany. They love beer. German brewing is famous for the Reichsgebot, also known as the Bavarian Beer Purity Law. But Bavarian beer regulators have forced one craft brewery to stop production of their popular milk stout and several other beer styles may be on the chopping block. I mean, that just seems like beer racism. It, it's, <laughs> the whole thing is its kind of absurd what's just, happening. Just because the beer's darker than your beer, Bavaria, doesn't mean you have to cut it down. Whoa, whoa, let's <laughs> let's not take it there. <laughs> according to German craft brewer Kamba Bavaria, you can someone can please write in and tell me if I'm Ka- saying that wrong. Kamba or Kamba, something like that. It's C A M B A. Yeah. Uh, they received a visit from the Bavarian State Office for Health and Food Safety in 2014, who took samples of their beers and tested them. Several they, months got, they got riggedy wrecked at their place. That's fine. <laughs> Basically. Several months later, they received an order to halt all sales of the milk stout, as this internationally recognized beer style is not considered beer by the Bavarian government. the hell do they consider it, then? Milk stouts are brewed with dark roasted malts, just like regular stouts, and you can revisit our episode on stouts, where we discuss this semi-length. But they have more residual unfermented sugars that add both sweetness and a thicker body. The sweetness and body in a milk stout comes from lactose, a type of sugar that is found in milk. So milk stouts don't actually contain milk, but get their name from the sugar derived from milk. Okay, sure, fine. The, the government's reasoning. This is all according to the brewery. Uh, the writer of this article says they had they haven't heard anything from the government to tell them, you know, what their side of it is. Maybe the government doesn't have his papers. <laughs> the government's findings were that the beer was not a beer, but must be classified as an other drink, and that the term milk stout was an invented or fantastical description of the beer. However, the report also stated that milk stout is a recognized traditional beer style among English-speaking countries, and then went on to argue that consumers may be confused or misled into mistakenly thinking that milk stout is a beer. Look, Germany, 
You didn't. You don't help own beer. Like it wasn't created in Germany. It makes you feel a little bit bad for the German people who want to try different beers because of the Bavarian purity standards. Like, if if they follow this reasoning, they could just ban a bunch of other stuff too. And they're like, nope, that's not a that's not. I may share X Y Z. There was another article I'd considered uh, for this episode, but since we usually do three, it got it didn't make the cut. I may end up uh, tweeting it out and sharing it that way. But there is a story about uh, German youth getting very upset with the Reinschgebot and it's really cutting down on the types of beer they can get a hold of there and it's causing them to look to imports for them like they are they want craft beer but because of the Bavarian beer purity laws they can't get it hardly and on, so it says on here you know beer can only be the the 500 year old that word that you said already Reinschgebot indeed Reinschgebot says that beer can only be made with malt, hops, and water. And then yeast was later added onto the list and whatever. But that just sucks. Like, <laughs> I mean, because think of all the things, like all the other adjuncts that you can't add in there because they're not even considered. Like if they ban a, a lot of that stuff, there's so many different beer styles they're missing out on. Yeah. And I believe uh, left hand <laughs> is probably going to have a few things to say to the Bavarian <laughs> government. Mm. About them saying milk stout is not a beer. They're it's they're so gonna have a few things to say. Yeah, it's I like mean, such they a could, weird story. They just they could just turn into the skid, you know, just go with it, and then have uh, Billy D. Williams advertise them in Germany. Forty fives. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, it's you think it's just gonna be a big headline story, but yeah, that is that's scary for what it could mean for a lot of things because when. The Bavarian government comes out and says, no, this is not a beer style. What, I mean, people aren't going to stop brewing milk stouts. No, but there's going to be some guy I know that I'll hear in a bar somewhere. I'm like, oh, what are you drinking? Ah, milk stout. Oh, you know, that's not really a beer I hear. (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be some snarky things done and said. And the funny thing is that the the last part of the article... Pilsner bottle. Yeah. Uh, The last part of the article says that... um, because it's like, well, what what does everybody else think, basically? Canva's bourbon-aged version of the Milk Stout actually won a prestigious German beer and wine industry organization's International Craft Beer Award in, 2000, <laughs> in just 2015. Uh, so, it's good enough for their awards. Not good enough to be yeah. beer. That's just, it's so strange. And same, the other things they took samples of, I think that is also interesting, that they didn't, a strawberry Hefeweizen... It's a low-calorie strawberry beer. It's okay. (laughs) All right. No. 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 So crazy. No. All right. Well, we're going to move away from that one. No. (laughs) Our next next story isn't really much of a story, but uh, it was something I was really, I had to look for it to find it, but it was a good idea. 10 New Year's resolutions for beer lovers. Since we are now into 2016, remember, when you're dating everything. Yeah. <laughs> when you're looking back in the Wayback Machine. Yeah, this one... This podcast. <laughs> this one is from craftbeer.com. says, We all know our usual New Year's resolutions aren't always particularly exciting. They normally involve things like losing weight or breaking a bad habit. While those types of resolutions are important, this list is much more fun. Yada, yada, yada. List. (laughs) 
I'm really tempted to start putting things in, like start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Just to change up the lists. Gain 100 pounds. Yeah. Hey, I, that... Man, I'd lose so much weight that way. Because <laughs> I never follow through. All right. Uh, the countdown starts. Number 10, introduce someone to craft beer. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, you probably shove it in people's faces all the time and they kind of hate you and talk about you behind your back probably. Hmm. But look, they're wrong, okay? <laughs> they are the ones that are wrong. You are the one that's drinking something good. You have to show them the light. Also, not saying that their stuff is bad. It, it's okay. It's fine. But yeah, no, this is better. <laughs> all right, number nine, try at least one new beer a month. And this is one I've already started trying to get on and it's causing me to want to back away from big collections we used to buy at different times of the year because it's like I've had all but one of the beers because they like put one new one in there that's only available in that collection. And now I see it as, why would I buy this massive collection when there's so many other beers out there for me to try? I mean, here's here's another way to think about that. Why not both? <laughs> no, why not buy see, the huge collection and then, you know... Because then you get in a situation we're in now, where you have a fridge <laughs> with so much beer in it. That's quitter talk. That you can't possibly drink all of it and enjoy every single one. It gets to a point where you're almost just shotgunning through them, because you have to make room for the next batch. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> Touche, right. but I also counter with, that's quitter talk. Hmm. <laughs> But number eight, participate in an American Craft Beer Week event. And that would be from May 16th to the 22nd. That was as of 2011. It's the same dates, actually, this year. I just checked. All right. Oh, convenient. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, look at that. Um, And there will be... There's a bunch of those up here. Yeah, Yeah, it always... Around Cincinnati, we... It goes nuts with what all is happening around here. There's a good one in uh, Kentucky. They do the, the... in Lexington, they do the craft food and beer, whatever mm. you call it. Yeah, they always do. Around here, there's always a big burger pairing. Every yeah, it's like oh, every yeah, do the, every good burger restaurant pairs a local craft beer with like a particular burger that is only available for that week. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Okay, and I'm going to take a little pause here. When we did the Lex- we did the one the the food and beer thing here in Lexington, uh, we Founders was there and they had their that you know that year's Kentucky Breakfast Stout, oh. which you know, three hour line to get to it. We were, you know, an hour back and people were just trying to get like a little two ounce sample. Jeez. We try that. It was amazing. And then we find, uh, we walk off and we just find someone who just happens to tap a keg and they're like, Hey, try this one. Best beer I've still ever had. And we'll never have it again. And I'm sad. If any of you have had El Coco, I was getting ready to ask, like was it El Coco? Was it El Coco? All right. Um, number seven, moving on. Host or attend a beer tasting. And it's looking like our next episode will actually be a beer tasting. We have received some feedback that you all would like to hear us do such things. And we've got some beer to do tastings with. Yes, mm-hmm. our resident expert has put together a blind tasting for us. That would be Casey Price. And that will probably be with a few more of our friends the next episode. Yeah, more of a group effort. But is it the next episode or just... We're definitely recording it soon, but 
we can just like it might just place be it a, in somewhere. Yeah, it might just be a. Um, it'll it'll definitely be coming up. Is the point? Well, I guess. Just tell me when you want to hear it. Huh? <laughs> uh, I will say there's a really fun thing to do uh, when you want to do like a little party. I guess uh, just have everyone bring in like a six pack of beer mm-hmm. and have everyone, you know, try something from the thing. You know that. You know, the host will, will pour it into a thing, everyone rate it, and the winner gets the leftover beer. <laughs> I did this once, and I brought in uh, several, like, uh, uh, milk stout, I think left-hand milk stout and Bell's double cream stout. Ooh. I did win. I did <laughs> win. And I had oh, yeah. so much beer. Oh. I, I, I had beer for a month. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all but right. it, it's a cool thing to try and do, though. Like, have a little party where everyone, you know, just brings in something, and then everyone can try it. Oh, yeah, and everyone expose your friends to new beers and have them expose you to new beers. Yeah, have I hope, them pick I hope up to, stuff. They don't even know what it is. Just, you know, just try it. Basically, I hope to... Actually, in this this year sometime, obviously, um, I hope that we can actually get to do this probably a couple times. Because our, our friends are at least, you know, pretty open to it. So that would be a really great thing to do, and and to try to have some food that pairs along with it, like we've talked about before, that kind I of mean, thing. Just <laughs> all I'm thinking is like, I mean, just sausages and cheese. That's I mean, well, that's, that's fine. moving into <laughs> number six is cook with craft beer. I really mm. want to do this. There's so many good recipes on on uh, Sam Adams' website. Hold on, Chris. I need you. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, since the article is on craftbeer.com, they obviously are like, oh, go check out our recipes section. Which might be I good. Mean, yeah, but also check out some recipes with beer. Yeah. I still look forward to making, um, on Sam Adams' website, they have uh, chocolate cupcakes that are it's made with the Boston lager. Oh. Yeah, I want to try that really bad. Tra-la-la. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, okay. What else is on this list? Number five, give craft beer or brewery gear as a present. And my dad has been doing this to us. Yeah, we, we have like three random t-shirts from these breweries we've never been to. And we're like, oh, look. He's just like, oh, we were here. And one was like Wicked Weed. And they are exploding. Like they're going huge. And I've still never had any of their beer. Walking around wearing one of their t-shirts. And I'm like, hey, I hear good things. I've never had a chance to try it. Yeah. Speaking of literal brewing gear or brewery gear. Not so much as shirts, but uh, I'm pretty sure one year I'm going to end up getting Casey uh, some kind of some kind of home brewing uh, kit, <laughs> or like here's a new funnel. Uh, and when last time we went to the home brewing store, I literally just grabbed stuff for work because I just looked over and I went, I need some some stuff for my taps, and just started like, picking them up. Going, like, man, this would have been an easy Christmas shopping gift for me. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, Number four, they say, learn more about your favorite beverage. Read a book on beer or brewing. Find tons of resources at the Brewers Association Beer Enthusiast Store. I, I really should. I was part of the Home Brewing Association for a while, um, despite never having home brewed a thing in my life. Uh, <laughs> but they, they, you know, they get out some some cool emails and some cool like, it's like, oh, go buy some of this stuff. Uh, or go check out these books. Uh, there's a lot of books on brewing and beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm some hoping... of them 
Some of them are a li- little bit more dry than others. Oh, yeah, that's and that's the problem, honestly. <laughs> um, um, I yeah, I still have that one that I need to finish reading. It's um, it's called Tasting Beer, and it's oh, yeah, very yeah. good. But it's mostly the downside to some of it is that some of these are so they're they're better reference material than just a straight read. Um, oh, but we have as, a big road a... trip coming up next year or this year rather. I wanted to say next year because it's just like January now. Um, it's messing me up. Um, but we have the big road trip coming up, and it, it would be nice to look for some audible books that have yeah. you know have to do with that. Um, yeah, there. Uh, you, you say reference material though, and I'm just like, as as a as a man with a history degree, I'm just like, oh yeah, reference material. That's the stuff. <laughs> true. True. Get me them footnotes. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the kind of thing that led us to make this podcast was because we wanted to start learning more about everything we were drinking. So we decided what better way than to do a it, podcast and start forcing ourselves to start talking it about it and researching it. It wasn't just so I could drink and talk once a week? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, twice a, twice a month, whatever. <laughs> Shut up. I'm as drunk. many as we want, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. I do like number three on this list. Yes. yes. Experience a beer festival. I read this and I'm like, check. <laughs> check. Multiples a year. Yes. You have to go Seriously, to a guys, beer festival. Oktoberfest. Come to Cincinnati. That's where yeah. you can have your eyes opened. You can, you can do a number of the things that are on this list at a beer festival. I'm you taking can, all three days off this time. I'm you just, can I'll, learn I'll more. Go there and just chill at your guys' house. Yeah, you can learn more about your favorite drinks. You can buy gear from the brewers. Sometimes they are selling stuff. Um, you can buy the really cool hats. You can buy <laughs> yeah. You can buy food cooked with the craft beers, uh, or that are, just pairs well with it. Even yeah, it's all a big tasting. Yeah. Well, and not just Oktoberfest. They're um, the big. Oh, Jungle Gyms International Market in Ohio yeah. has uh, a beer festival of their own. Cincinnati itself, actually, and I know we try not to get too regional, but at the same time, like you know, it's, this is what's going what on know. around us. Yeah, um, but Cincinnati itself has, God, what is it like four different beer festivals aside from the Oktoberfest in the area? Yeah, maybe it's three, but either way, there's a winter beer fest. And I think there's either a spring or a, like a late spring or a summer beer fest. Um, we have like five different Oktoberfests. Yeah, just in the in the little area, like greater Cincinnati area. So it's not, there's there so many festivals now that just celebrate the art of brewing and craft beers. Yeah, and uh, again, specifically the Oktoberfest Cincinnati, their, their craft brew section yeah. was a lot stronger this time than I remember it being in years past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was... It wasn't even around in years past. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I, the... I, I thought it might have just been a recent thing, but I also may have just been too drunk to remember it. Well, last they, year. they may have like highlighted, they, they may have had some of them before, but this time they specifically like laid out an area for them and, yeah. and added more. So it was a whole different, whole different experience this time. Yeah. So find your nearest festival and please attend. Mm-hmm. Number two, plan a side trip to a brewery on your next vacation. This is one we will be doing this year. You just get a list of ones you're ones you're going to check off on your way down. Yeah, uh, um, some of the cities we're going to be in. 
oddly enough, we can actually go to Breckenridge. Yeah, well, actually, we're going <laughs> to so, be in Denver, so we're going to try and hit up one of the Breckenridge locations yeah. there. And then I forget the what? Oh, Widmere Brothers in Portland. I want to go there because um, I, I really like their stuff. And they've actually partnered with Braxton, with the local one here, before on some beers. And it, it, it have, I've been a fan of some of most of their stuff now. Mm. <sighs> Number one, I think we've all been this person but bring craft beer to a housewarming or dinner party look it's it's impolite to show up to a party without a gift (laughs) and i always give the gift of beer i don't that one can almost be tied into the uh, host or attend a beer tasting and the um introduce someone to craft beer (laughs) like anytime i show up to a party it's a beer tasting yeah uh yeah no that's that's that is, a th- you know, if you can't get them to try a whole bunch of different things, at least force one thing down at them a party at a time. Yeah, true. You can bring one six pack and show up to a party. And honestly, you just put it in the communal fridge or wherever all the beer is and they're just going to disappear. Oh, yeah. I, I was at a uh, one of my friends was having a going away party at work and they, you know, everyone was up there and they bought some some cheap you know, Miller lights and core lights and whatever. And I come in there with, with a case of, of a more line sampler pack. And I just went, here we go, guys. <laughs> Halfway through the night, one of them's like, hey, can I have some of your beer? I got it for everyone. And they're like, Oh, this is a gift. This is so much better. <laughs> right. No, yeah. That, that was one of my, I was like, no guys, we're drinking right. Uh, <laughs> This was the biggest pack of something that wasn't what you guys got that I could find. <laughs> Go, jeez. Uh, not not to say at, at at said party, I drank some Coors and some Miller because at a certain point I went, I just need something to get me get my thirst wet. <laughs> I don't know what the what those phrases mean. I don't. No, no it, you get the you get the point across. Because at a certain point, what? you're just like, look, beer. Beer. <laughs> beer, beer, beer. Yay! It also got dark, and so I was, and we were outside. So I literally just went in and went. Well, let's hope I can find something. <laughs> That's definitely All a right. bottle, and it smells like alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Speaking of that, uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, segue. <laughs> let's get into our main topic. All right. Been up that truck. They're not that drunk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, today we're talking about porters. And uh, in case you're wondering, a porter is a dark style of beer developed in London from well hopped beers made from brown malt. Uh, name first pops up around the 18th century. Uh, that's around the 1700s for the for those of you keeping track at home. <laughs> those of uh, us who had to go through many many history courses had that many into us. Many hist- There was like two I didn't go through. Anyway, that's a side topic. Um, <laughs> Digression. And its name is thought to come from the popularities with streets and river porters. Mm. Uh, so let's do a little bit of background on some porters. Uh, most historical references, pretty much all that we could find, go back to uh, 1722 uh, and to one Ralph Harwood, a London brewer. He created a beer originally called Entire, 
Entire previously had referred to a blend of three separate beers consisting of one-third each beer, ale, and strong beer. Uh, it was known as Three Threads, uh, probably to the vernacular for three-thirds. I don't know what that means. Do either of you know what that means? Because I'm actually a little... Weird English? I don't it know. Could, yeah, it could be English idioms. It could be... We're, yeah, we're going back to 1700s British idioms. It's yeah. not yeah. going to translate well. Uh, you're a 17th, you're an 18th century British idiom. Uh, see, prior to Harwood, uh, entire was mixed in the bar at a point of service. I'm assuming just going down the line, just going like, all right, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. Mm, yeah. Entire quickly became popular as the working man's pint of choice, as several historians seem to think uh, it became known as Porter because of it being a particular favorite of Porter's. Uh, you know, the kind of guys who lifted, lifted and carried things. Now, it tends to be, uh, you need to age it for a while, so uh, they tend to make, tended to use to make them in freestanding breweries rather than in the pubs themselves. Uh, only large-scale breweries had the space for huge vats to do it for a long time. Uh, and let's make sure we have this clear again. Uh, stouts and porters are similar. Stouts typically are drier and toastier, and porters are a little bit more malty, a little bit more full-bodied. Full either can be top uh, or bottom fermented. Uh, they can have either high or low hop rates or be moderate to high in alcohol. Um, and they can usually be from around somewhere in brown to being completely black. Again, not all stouts, are, not all porters are stouts, but in America and most of other places, all stouts are porters. I think that's what we decided on before, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think in England, there's a weird thing where you might have like stout pale ales because stout means something a little bit different there. Yeah, stout mm -hmm. has a completely different meaning for them. <clears throat> um, now there are, uh, as noted by the Beer Judge Certification Program guidelines, uh, there are three types of porters. Thankfully much less than 14. <laughs> Loggers was a little bit long because there was a lot of, a lot of styles. We had but, no idea. Uh, <laughs> we were not prepared. No. Um, I was but absent for, for that one, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, he conveniently was sick. Mm. Uh, there are the three designations for porters uh, are Baltic, English, and American. Uh, though back uh, from two 2012 and back, there used to be Baltic porter, brown porter, and robust porter, uh, which means uh, America is the more robust porter. USA. That's, USA. <laughs> That's USA. what I get out of that, yeah. Um, the English one is actually listed under like a, a style of brown ale or brown porter. Um, mm. So the Baltic porter, which probably isn't as familiar as some of the other ones, um, often has the malt flavors reminiscent of an English porter and the restrained roast of a Schwartz beer, but with a higher original gravity and alcohol content than either, and with multi-layered malt and dark fruit flavors. The aroma is a rich, malty sweetness, often containing caramel, toffee, and or licorice notes. 
It's a complex alcohol and ester profile. Moderate strength, reminiscent of plums, prunes, raisins, cherries, or currants. Some darker malt character, like deep chocolate, coffee, or molasses, but never a burnt taste, no hops or sourness um, to the aroma, and you know, just a very smooth kind of um, impression there. The appearance Sounds is good. Yeah. I want some. <laughs> Generally a good description. Um, the appearance <laughs> is a dark reddish copper to opaque dark brown, but note, not black. Um, it is still considered a brown type of drink. Um, it's okay. I won't hold it against it. Just let me try some. Yeah. <laughs> um, also in the appearance, it's a thick, persistent, tan-colored head. Um, sim- pretty similar to a, a stout. Um, and then clear, although darker versions can be opaque. The flavor, much like the aroma, has a rich malty sweetness, uh, very complex, and a blend of deep malt, dried fruit esters, and alcohol. Mouth-filling and very smooth, with a clean lager character. It generally starts sweet, but darker malt flavors quickly dominate and persist through the finish. Uh, it's a little dry with a hint of roast coffee or licorice in the finish. Malt can have a caramel, toffee, nutty, molasses, and or licorice complex- complexity. Sorry, um, And it's got light hints of blackcurrant and dark fruits. So it's generally a medium low to medium bitterness from the malt and the hops. Um, and that's just for balance. It's not really a very hoppy beer at all. The hop flavor from slightly spicy hops ranges from none to medium low. Um, the ABV, so the the percentage of alcohol here, usually from seven to eight and a half percent. Traditional beer from the countries bordering the Baltic Sea, developed indigenously after high gravity export brown or imperial stouts from England were established. Historically, top fermented. Uh, many breweries adapted the recipes for bottom fermenting yeast along with the rest of their production. It's smoother than an imperial stout and typically with less alcohol, but it lacks the roasty qualities of stouts in general. More taking on the kind of roasted but not quite burnt characteristics of the Schwartz beer, which we actually talked about in the last episode about lagers. It's fruitier compared to other porters. And then the IBUs, again, because it's not terribly hoppy, like you don't get that in the smell or the taste, uh, range from 20 to 40. So I haven't heard of any of these examples, but the the few that it lists are um, Aldaris Porteris, uh, Baltica Number 6 Porter, and then Devil's Backbone, which is a brewery we discussed last week in the Loggers episode, has a porter called Danzig, which is apparently a Baltic-style porter. And it's everything in me not to grab my microphone and start belting it out. Mother! I was going to say, like, not to walk my way. <laughs> Although I also came really close to Aldera's Portanus to going, Bahur Maganus? <laughs> <laughs> it almost sounds like that. No. I was waiting for some really crazy names with the Baltic thing, but yeah, calmed it down. <laughs> we would have had to have called Pat to be like, so we need a translation. Oh. <clears throat> All right, you sold me, Brittany. I want one. Give me one right now. Yeah. Well, how about I try and sell you on the English porter? <clears throat> I've already been sold. Let's 
let's tell you again. The English porter, simply called porter in Britain, is classified under a brown British beer. The name English porter is used to differentiate it from other porters. Overall impression should be a moderate strength brown beer with a restrained roasty character and bitterness. May have a range of roasted flavors, generally without burnt qualities, and often has a chocolate caramel malty profile. And the without burnt qualities, there are going to be some different beers that are almost going to have a burnt kind of quality to it just because of how roasted the malts are and things like that. But your aroma with an English porter will be a moderate to moderately low bready, biscuity, and toasty malt aroma with mild roastiness and may have a chocolate quality. And I just have to say, I loved, <laughs> I loved the research on this because everything in the style guide is they added Y or E to the end of all these <laughs> things. And I'm just like, God, I'm getting so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but it may also show some non-roasted malt character and support like caramelly, nutty, toffee-like, and or sweet. May have up to a moderate level of floral or earthy hops, but you're really not going to find an, a hoppy porter out there. No. Diacetyl. <laughs> this is when we had to I had to find out how to say this and then That's we figured out Pokémon, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, um because the description gave it as diacetyl, low to none. And we're like, well, what is that? Well, it's what gives it's what gives beer a butteriness oh, say, okay. to it. And there are apparently two pronunciations, but I like diacetyl. <laughs> it's, so it's a, it's a chemical that's actually in butter, and it makes it basically taste like... it's the, It gives it that butter taste, essentially. It's butteriness. Yeah. <laughs> but your appearance on... <laughs> An English porter is going to be light brown to dark brown in color, often with ruby highlights when held up to light, just like you would see in a stout. Good clarity, although may approach being opaque. Moderate moderate off-white to light tan head with good to fair retention. Yeah, on porters, usually when you get it in a glass, you get it on draft or you pour your bottle out into a glass, the head will hang around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. Don't just go dumping that bad boy in, or you're going to be sitting there with a glass that's nothing but half head forever. But a lot of the porters I've noticed, I've had a really dark head on it. Yeah. I guess yeah, I've not, not been getting a lot of English-style porters then. But Yeah, yeah. but I, it's probably more of an American thing maybe, but I'm, when I think of like porters, I always think of them having that like nice chocolatey-looking head. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's more of the stouts. You see a lot of more of the tan colors. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's what I've noticed more. All right, your flavor: moderate bready, biscuity, and toasty malt flavor. Includes a mild to moderate roastiness, frequently mm-hmm. with a chocolate character, and often a significant caramel, nutty, and/or toffee character. May have. Do what. Oh. Uh, I would say, like, when you said biscuity, oh, it's all taking everything in me not to just start saying, like, 
I want some biscuits, some gravy-style porter right now. I don't know if it'd be awful, but I just want to try it. See, for the English porter, I I hear biscuity, and I think like the English-style, like English biscuits. I think biscuits. that's what they're getting at. And but it no, may but mean like cookies. But now yeah. I just really want biscuits and gravy. I specifically um, want digestives. Yeah. Like that badly. Mm. Oh my gosh. Dark chocolate digestives or the caramel ones. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but it may have other secondary flavors such as coffee, licorice, biscuits, or toast in support. Should not have a significant burnt or harsh roasted flavor, although small amounts may contribute a bitter chocolate complexity. And again, earthier floral hop flavor will be a moderate to none, just because you're not really using a whole lot of hops in this. Uh, medium low to medium hot bitterness will vary the balance from slightly malty to slightly bitter. Usually fairly well attuned, although can be somewhat sweet. And there's some overall comments with this style. The style description describes the modern version of the English Porter. Not every possible variation over time in every region where it existed. Historical recreation should be entered in the historical style category with an appropriate description describing the profile of the beer. Man, I, I want to go down a, sh- a beer shopping aisle that just has historical style category. Right. Yeah. Like, but, I just want to go down like, no, I want that and that. Like, let's just see what they used to drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of uh, for competitions. They probably yeah. have a historical, and that's where you'd find some of the really off things out there. Um History, well, I mean, we've already gone over the history, overall history of the porter, but the style originated in London around 300 years ago. Uh, porter evolved from earlier sweet brown beer popular at the time. Uh, became a highly popular, widely exported style in the 1800s before declining around World War I and disappearing in the 1950s. It was reintroduced in the mid-1970s with the start of the craft beer era. The name is said to have been derived from its popularity with London working class performing various load-carrying tasks of the day. Hint, our early joke. (laughs) Yeah. But it is the parent of various regional interpretations over time and a predecessor to all stouts. So the English porter is the granddaddy of stouts. Hmm. Yeah. There is no historic connection or relationship between mild and porter. Style comparison, it differs from an American porter in that it usually has a softer, sweeter, and more caramelly flavors, lower gravi- lower gravities, and usually less alcohol. Hmm. But your vital statistics, it's going to be 18 to 35 on your IBUs, and your ABV is going to be 4 to 5.4% roughly. And some of the big examples that they give are going to be your Burton Bridge Burton Porter, Fuller's London Porter, which is, that's one that's out there everywhere. You can find that Yeah. at yeah, any liquor store. Uh, <laughs> Nethergate Old Growler Porter. That is my favorite name. <laughs> Nethergate? Or... Nethergate Old Growler Porter. Yeah. Like, there's no part of that name I don't love. Yeah, and then uh, you got your Samuel Smith Taddy Porter. Mm. All right, well, let's go over the pond, across the pond. Let's talk about some American porters. USA, 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 USA. 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 Uh, uh, now, this is a uh, substantial malty dark beer with a complex and flavorful dark malt character. Um, it's usually a 
light, medium range, kind of uh, dark malt aroma. It's a lightly burnt character. Uh, it may also show some additional malt character, maybe some gr- something grainy or bread-like, maybe toffee or caramel or chocolate. You know, all the things you tend to expect to kind of go along with porter, some of, some of that sort of things, at least here in the States. Um, hops are uh, low to high, which pretty much runs the gambit, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, and it's often resiny, earthy, or a floral character. Uh, it could be dry hopped, uh, but there's usually you know, some to almost no fruity esters. Um, now, it's it's usually medium brown to a very dark brown with a ruby or garnet-like highlights. Uh, it could almost be black in color. Uh, Clarity is kind of hard to figure out in a dark beer, uh, but when it's not opaque, it will be clear if you hold it up to the light. In uh, a full tan-colored head with a... a moderately good head retention and this is probably what most of us think about when we think of porters that but yeah yeah nice, you know uh when i think of them i think of porters sometimes i get really excited when i'm so, seeing someone pour me a porter and i'm just watching it come out of the uh come out of the the, the the draft like it's like just you could almost watch it like molasses coming down compared yeah. to oh like yeah a, <laughs> it's just coming down just yeah <laughs> That thickness. Uh, now they're usually strong to uh, strong malt flavor in them, which is where I really love these things. I mean, I can I can eat straight malt almost. <laughs> it may be a problem. Um, Casey may have to kick him out of his brewery all the time. He's like, no. <laughs> if if Casey left me alone in his his brewing area with his malts, he would find me like a rat. <laughs> gnawing at the malt. He just said, get, get, shoo! Just, oh, you literally chewed a hole in the bag and be eating yeah. it through the hole. That that sounds like a thing you could see me doing. <laughs> um, I love malt so much, though, guys. Um, now, it could be a little bit grainy. Uh, it's kind of a dark malt with a sort of a dryness to the finish. Um, it may be kind of sharp from the dark roasted malts, but it shouldn't be overly acrid uh, or burnt shouldn't be like too harsh basically it should you should get those kind of multi flavors but they should just kind of wash over you you know uh the hop can vary from low to high uh again resiny earthy <laughs> yeah. floral characters it seems seems familiar uh the balance will favor more the dark malt uh and the dry hop may be the ones that will have a more resiny flavor um Dark malt can kind of vary, and uh, the, depending on the the, the style, depending on who makes it, the, the flavor and style of everything would be very, very different. Uh, historically, it's a stronger, more aggressive version of the pre-prohibition era porters developed during the modern craft beer era. Uh, historical versions have existed, you know, usually on the uh, on the East Coast. Uh, which a lot of those are still being done. Uh, this style described uh, that we've been talking about is the, the modern craft version. Uh, and again, these are like the dog malts, uh, sometimes uh, chocolate malt used. Uh, and the, the 
hops is typically used for bittering, uh, but U.S. or U.K. finishing hops can be used as a uh, as a uh, can be used, and sometimes a a clashing citrus quality is is usually not what you're going to want out of these. Um, now we've got a few examples here. Uh, we've got like the the Anchor Porter, the Boulevard Bully, Black Butte Porter. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Oh, pretty sure butts not the word there. <laughs> uh, the, those guys, the Black the Black Butte Porter, um, the the Founders Porter, uh, the Great Lakes Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. I will say though, pointing out the the Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, probably the first non-stout porter i had i guess and i love that name because every oh, yeah. time i drink it i just look like a, on the edmund fitzgerald and you yeah. can't help it and then people jump in from other rooms randomly <laughs> and start that bursting in the room they're like what are you gonna have i want to have the edmund fitzgerald and just people coming down like the edmund three buildings fitzgerald. Down. Edmund fitzgerald. right <laughs> uh. nobody knows any more of that song just that no one no, that's that's the only important part, and uh, I will say that's it's, it's probably a really strong version of, of a of an American porter. If if you're looking for something to try and you can find Great Lakes, I will personally say like I I like it. Um, that's not for everybody, but you know. Yeah, I don't think I've had that one yet. Also, I do love that a few of our last episodes just an underlying reference to Eddie Izzard. Um <laughs> I mean, that's just how we roll. That is. Uh, all right. And we're going to provide a link to this. Um, I found a great list from ratebeer.com. They also have an app, of course. We're just going to cover the top 10. It's actually a pretty lengthy list on their website. Uh, So this is uh, the top 10 of their top list of porters. Should we go uh, 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 Dave, what's his name? Just retired. Letterman. Uh, Dave Letterman. (laughs) Style, go 10 and work our way up. Uh, I guess if you want. I don't know. I was just saying. You don't have to. You tell me I'm being dumb. Four. Okay. Uh, number ten happens to be the one we just mentioned. Great Lakes Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you weren't already hungry, you're going to want dessert now. Um, just from this <laughs> list. So number nine is Willow B- Willoughby Peanut Butter Cup Coffee Porter. Oh. I mean, really. Uh, number eight is Hill Farmstead Twilight of the Idols. I'm not gonna the lie. The second best I name. Read that, <laughs> I read that as Hillshire Farms at first. Go meet. <laughs> I was like, man, I am getting hungry. <laughs> Just made it worse. Uh, McKellar Porter. M-I-K-K-E-L-L-E-R. Again, we're posting this link. So if anyone, if I'm saying that wrong, please let me know. Um... Sante Adarius Vanilla Joe. Yeah. Just picturing like Joe Camel trying to give <laughs> beer. Uh, I, I kind of hesitate. Like, is anybody who's old enough to drink not know who Joe Camel is? We're getting to that point. Yeah, it's probably gonna... for the best, though. Um, just saying. Maybe <laughs> I wanted to smoke as a kid. You don't know. <laughs> uh, another one mentioned earlier. It's number five on the list is Fuller's London Porter. I've actually not had that. You were saying how common it is. I've, I don't recall seeing it, but it may just be a thing I don't notice. You've probably seen it, and as soon as you saw, like, Google search it, and you'll see the label and go, oh, okay. 
Well, and then when on our create your own six pack area at the the like the bigger you know nice liquor store near us, there's like a whole big section of imports next to the other stuff, like the more kind of yeah. craft deal. So yeah, it, it's hard not to notice that craft. stuff. They tend to separate the craft and the the uh, imports there, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. Um, but yeah, like you have a very a huge distinction, so it's kind of easy. I guess maybe we've seen it more because of that weird area there. Maybe. Um, number three. So number three and two are actually from the same brewery, which I'm in love with the four. name of. Huh? We just jumped number four. Oh, gosh, sorry. Number four yeah. is Founders. Sorry about that. Yeah. Founders Porter, yeah. uh, one of our favorite breweries. I was say, man, I do love me some Founders. Mm-hmm. I don't... Know if I've had I their porter. The guys that I saw a couple of their brewers give a talk one time. It was really interesting. Huh. Uh, can't tell you a word of what it was about now, but I just remember just going like, "Man, I want to work there." Yeah, I mean the those places. It always just seemed like they just loved their job, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. So sorry about that, but yeah, number. Okay, now number three and number two are both from Funky Buddha. Uh, number three is the Funky Buddha Last Snow Porter. And number two is Maple Bacon Coffee Porter. For what you just want to drink first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. to find this now. I have <laughs> I, to find it. I have to have it. And I, the label looked familiar because I looked it up earlier and I was like, I feel like I've seen this before, but maybe I like that's, didn't. That's breakfast beer if I've ever heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then number one, uh, again, another brewery that's already been on this top ten list Hill Farmstead Everett. Hillshire Farms Everett. All right. Right, right. <laughs> and it's interesting, like, um, we, so we were talking about the ABV generally it, for it, all supporters. It, oh, yeah. It, t- it trends upward. Yeah, yeah. So it starts at, it starts pretty low on uh, around number 10 and number 9, and then just ends with, uh, or no, the highest one on here is 7.5, which is the That's Hill Farmstead. Hill. Yeah. It's also Hill Farmstead. They, they don't screw around when no. it comes to alcohol content, apparently. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, it's a pretty good list, and honestly, I think, gosh, I don't even know, I may have had one on this list. I've had two. I, I want to see if I feel like there was another one I had, but at least I've had two. I've only yeah. had one of these, yeah. But they have the on the link we'll be giving. I think it's to the top one hundred. Yeah, it's a pretty big list. We just we're not going to read all hundred. Yeah. Um, Why not? We got time, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Loads. (laughs) But no, I'm definitely looking for that maple bacon one. Holy crap! Man. And there's like a maple leaf on the label. Like I, I gotta just know what to look for now. I don't care if they arrest me or fire me. I just want to go to work after drinking that. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Have you been drinking? Look, when you have maple bacon coffee porter, you drink it when it's appropriate. <laughs> may or may not have been appropriate at that time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it's a pretty good list. Um, so hopefully that gives some people ideas. Definitely is giving it us some. Um Looking forward to trying a bunch of these. It, porters are great for the winter season, honestly. Oh yeah, um, ni- something nice and and warming and and dessert like. Oh yeah, I think we've got another list of uh of good porters to try out, don't we? 
what we're currently drinking. Right. Yes. We were all actually drinking the current style of the episode. Everyone caught up with me. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Drink with me, friend. What are you drinking? (laughs) So... It's actually one that we brought up earlier. All of these have been brought up. <laughs> this is In true. some way or another, yeah. As, as like prime examples of their style. So I am drinking, uh, the style is actually an English porter. Um, so the, the second one that we talked about. Samuel Smith's Old Brewery Tadcaster, the famous Taddy Porter. <laughs> it's quite the name. Uh, but it's... It's very different than some other porters that I've had. It's, and as I tried the first sip, because I hadn't had this before, and we got it in a Create Your Own, I believe. Tried the first drink and was reading the back for the description. And it said, um, it has an intense, dry, tangy character. That is super true. (laughs) No, before having read it, she's like, there's just... There's some oh, kind of characteristic taste. to this. She's like, I can't quiet. And then she's reading to us. Oh, it says right here. <laughs> it's, it is an odd taste. It's good. It's just, uh, it's a, there's just this, this taste you don't pick up in other porters. It, it definitely it does have a tanginess to it. That's hard to pinpoint. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's good. Uh, it's, so it's 5% uh, ABV. Um, again, this, this style, as we talked about, not a huge, not really up there in the ABV. Um, I mean, they can, they can get kind of up there, but not like super heavy anyway. Yeah, not as compared to like the Baltic one, um, yeah. which had the highest, I think. So, but it, yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's just um, be prepared not to get something that you like. don't have any expectations of it when you first get it. Like it's not going <laughs> to match the things you've tried before. Don't, don't think about it. Just just drink it. <laughs> Don't think, just drink. That's my motto. <laughs> Basically. All right. Well, uh, I have been drinking uh, something from Breckenridge, I guess now, or tentatively soon to be owned by uh, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, I'm drinking the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. Uh, and I I honestly struggled with whether I was going to pick this up uh, for the show. Like I, I sat there and I was like, get the Edmund Fitzgerald. That was my first porter. That was... Mm. It's, a, it's a pretty good example of them. Uh, first regular porter, not not stout. Yeah. Uh, and then I just kept looking over at the the vanilla porter, and I went, "You're too good to not pick up." Uh, so yeah, this is uh, it's from Breckenridge, and it it has uh, you can taste the vanilla. It's <laughs> says on the label, "Ale brewed with real vanilla beans," and it, it like it knocks my socks off from first drink to last, basically. Yeah, the vanilla porters are definitely the the thing. If you if it's not your first porter, let it be your second to try because it's <laughs> the it, it the tastes blend so well together. It is a good yeah. way to lean into porters because porters can have a real thick, heavy, harsh taste if you're not used to that. Mm-hmm. And the vanilla it, porter, it it, that was my first porter was the Breckenridge vanilla. And that can really ease you into it. It gets you used to a lot of the characteristics of a porter, but still tones it down a lot with the vanilla. It yeah, yeah, it still has that that nice malty flavor. It's got some of that darkness, some of that nice like sort of dry bite near the end, I think. But but that vanilla just helps keep keep with it through from 
from first taste to aftertaste almost like it's just like oh yeah uh this is an american style porter uh it's about 4.7 percent alcohol uh and it it, it is one of those things that like, I, I've gone through two in this episode. Uh, oh. It may or may not show, but. <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, it's on the lower end on ABV, but yeah. Um, so you could have a few and it'd you know, probably be fine. Yeah. I may not have been, a, may not have, may not have uh, been a good idea to start with the, the barrel aged uh, strong ale before we started, but whatever. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my porter of choice for this episode was the Anchor Porter from Anchor Brewing. I had never had it, and I felt ashamed because it is the granddaddy of American I, porters. I mean, I I don't think I've had it either, but I'm trying to think if I've seen it recently to pick it up. But, yeah. I, don't, I feel oh. like it's not as commonly seen. And we've only recently really started grabbing onto the Anchor stuff. Um, and yeah, as everyone their, in San Francisco scoffs at us. Yeah, had their 2015 uh, Christmas ale, and it was delightful. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to get a six-pack, and I got laughed at. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> oh, no, it's gone. It, it'll never be seen again. And I was like, oh, well, crap. Yeah. But no, the Anchor Porter, I really liked it. Uh, coming in like 5.6 ABV. So it's your moderate range. But it's pretty much what laid the foundation for what an American porter is. Yeah, I really want to try it. Like, I, it's <laughs> it's, like, it's making my mouth water. It's like, you know, like not the saying that my beer is bad, but like, there's some other beer that I've not tried over there. Yeah. <laughs> and Anchor seems to be, you know, they seem to get a lot of things right, and also I. I know this isn't like that important, but we've talked about it before. The I love the the labels on the anchor stuff, the art, like just their their branding, their style. I, it's fantastic. I mean, if we want to talk, like every time I see the Breckenridge, you know, backwards or oh, yeah. forwards B, I'm just like, man, that's a good graphically designed logo. I love it. Um, yeah, it's it's the one thing where I was like, in Heiser Bush, if you change that logo, I may. Okay, that's not true. I will buy it again as long as it tastes the same. But still, I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> but I'm a weak still. man. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> I don't think they're going to change anything. I'm 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 just trying to have hope here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, be sure to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, we mentioned earlier that we will be posting the links to uh, a lot of the, the news stories, the resources, and. Um, that uh, that infographic we talked about earlier. You can find each of our respective untapped profiles there and links to Twitter, SoundCloud, and Facebook. You can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback at the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or you can also access the feedback page on the website to do the same thing. I really want to do a show that's just literally I, I, I drink whatever they tell me to drink. <laughs> just people just send in emails do it i will send me it send emails you can even just have a regular question in the subtitle and justin you have to drink this and i'll do it we need more feed like if we get more feedback we can just do an episode strictly of recommendations that'd be awesome yeah it, you know not to not to say not to beg but please <laughs> not to beg but we're begging you <laughs> <laughs> 
not not just for feedback, but I would love to see some recommendations. And if I can find them and get them, I will I will totally try them. Uh, and as always, uh, we would like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and uh, Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, we have links to links to their stuff on the episode page of the site. And uh, remember to, to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes to help us spread the word. Uh, it's it's really important uh, to a growing podcast for some good iTunes ratings. And uh, the links can be found on the site. All right. And then, uh, as always, check us out in another two weeks for the next episode. And uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.